Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Once again, good morning and welcome to Community Christian Church on this absolutely beautiful Easter morning. You know, last year on Easter, an estimated one billion people made their way into a physical church building to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And this year, just one year later, the great majority of people around the world will be doing that very same thing on laptops, smartphones, TVs, and mobile devices. But how many know it doesn't really matter what, where, why, or how? Today is all about the who. And the who that I'm referring to is Jesus. Today we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I'm talking about King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Son of God, the Savior of the world. Can I say hallelujah? I mean, isn't that something to get excited about? Well, a little over 2,000 years ago, on that very first Easter morning, a group of women... And now we're talking about followers of Jesus, women who were very passionate about Jesus' teaching. They made their way to the tomb with spices and perfume to anoint the dead body of Jesus. But when they arrived at the tomb, that's when they discovered that the stone had been rolled away and Jesus was not there. At first they were distraught, but then suddenly two angels appeared to them And the angel said to the women, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen, just like he told you. Remember, he told you these things when he was alive? Remember, he said this to you over and over again and made it very clear? He said specifically that the Son of Man would be delivered into the hands of sinful men They would mock him, they would persecute him, they would beat him, and crucify and kill him. But on the third day, be raised to life again. Don't look now, the angel said, but it's the third day. And Jesus is not here, he's alive. That's the Easter story. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive, he's risen. And this past week, when I began to review the Easter story, the same story that we look at all the time, I was drawn to five words that the angels mentioned in their dialogue with the women. Five words I reflected on this past week. And those words are found in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24 and verse 6. Remember how he told you. That's what the angel said to the women. Remember how he told you. Fact of the matter is, during the earthly ministry of Jesus, he told us a lot of things. Jesus passed along some extremely important details about himself. But sometimes we have a tendency to forget. And we disregard or overlook some of the deep truth that Jesus laid out for us including seven snapshots Jesus gives to us. 
or seven independent statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John about himself. And all seven of these statements start out the exact same way, with the same two words, I am. That's right, I am. In John chapter 6 and in verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. In John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. 10.35, I am the gate. In the Gospel of John, chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And finally, in John 15.1, this last statement that Jesus made, I am the vine. And again, please understand, These seven I am statements were not words or accounts written by Jesus' own disciples. They weren't thoughts or the opinion of some learned Bible scholar. No, Jesus is the narrator. Jesus is the one doing the talking. He's speaking. And if we listen very carefully to his words we will gain a greater understanding of just who this remarkable Lord and Savior of ours really is. And so this morning, I want to take a look at the fifth statement that Jesus made in the Gospel of John. John chapter 11 and verse 25. Here it is. I am the resurrection and the life. One more time. I am the resurrection and the life. And I can almost hear The angel of the Lord say, remember how he told you? Remember he expressed this truth to you? Remember he said this to you? I am the resurrection and the life. And out of the seven I am statements that Jesus made, I chose this particular one for this day, and I think it's pretty obvious. Because today is Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. But even beyond the obvious, when you look at this declaration in the context that Jesus made it, the whole idea or the whole concept of resurrection, life, and power takes on a brand new meaning. A brand new meaning. So let's review it together. The story of Lazarus recorded in the Gospel of John. John chapter 11, verses 1 through 26 This is a rather lengthy account. I'm going to ask you to please bear with me as I get through it. I'm not going to read every verse. John chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. And please, I don't mean to sound the least bit trivial or insensitive. But there's a lot of that going around these days, isn't there? There are a lot of people who are sick. Very sick. Thousands and hundreds of thousands. A million. And the scripture tells us that Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So this family that we're talking about, that we're reading about here in John chapter 11, they were a family of believers, just like the Pappas family. 
the family you heard from on the video just a short time ago. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they loved Jesus. They were devoted to Jesus. They believed in his ministry. And to Mary and Martha, Jesus meant the world to them. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, and here's what they said. Lord, help us, because the one that you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. Did you catch that? This sickness is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, verse 5 tells us, Jesus loved Martha her sister Mary, and Lazarus. Yet when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed put. Lazarus stayed right where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus was dead, had already been in the tomb four days. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Mary stayed at her house. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And here it is, John chapter 11, verse 25, our theme verse for today's message Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me, whoever lives their life by believing in me, will never die. Okay, let's stop right there. Here in verse 25... When Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, he was attempting to explain to her that even though her brother Lazarus had died, because of his faith, because of Lazarus's faith in Jesus, he was going to experience a spiritual resurrection from the dead. You see, Jesus was telling Martha, there's more to this life than just living and dying. There's more to just living your life here on this earth, and that's it. Jesus said to her, once this life is over, there's a whole new reality. It's called everlasting life. However, when Jesus attempted to explain eternity to Martha, he could easily discern that she wasn't getting it. And the more that he talked to Martha and then to Mary the more upset or frustrated they became. And so that's when Jesus said to the sisters, where have you laid him or where did you bury Lazarus? And the scripture tells us on his way to the gravesite, Jesus lost it emotionally. He didn't just tear up a little bit. The word that the Bible uses is he began to weep. Jesus wept. And that word in the Greek means to lose it. To actually become hysterical with tears. You see, that's the way Jesus responded to knowing that his friend Lazarus had died. He began to cry. He began to weep. But once he regained his composure, he stood at the entrance of the tomb and he cried out with a loud voice, 
Lazarus, come forth. And you remember the story. Even though Lazarus had been dead four days, dead and in the grave, over 96 hours, to the utter amazement of Martha and Mary and everyone else who was there, Lazarus walked out of the grave alive again. And that's when the words of Jesus began to make some sense. Remember, Jesus talked to Martha about this very thing when he said to her, I am the resurrection. He made it very clear. You see, at that time, as Jesus was talking to the two girls, to Martha and Mary, prior to raising Lazarus from the dead, he was basically saying to them, I know you're disappointed. I know that when you sent word to me that Lazarus was sick, that you wanted me to come and lay my hands on him and heal him. But Martha and Mary and Church of Jesus Christ, what you really need to know, Jesus said, is physical death is here to stay. Physical death is not going anywhere. Please understand, it was never supposed to be a part of the human package. God did not have death in mind in the very beginning. But Jesus said, the wages of sin is death. And as much as I'd like to fix it, and as much as I'd like to make death go away, I can't do that right now. But please understand, it breaks my heart as well as your heart when people die. You see, because it's Easter, we know a short time later, Jesus went to the cross and he died there for the sins of the world. And we know because of his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus overcame the power of darkness. And he destroyed and defeated death, hell, and the grave. Martha and Mary didn't understand it at the time, but we know it now because of what happened. But understand that even though Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross, even though he died on the cross and shed his blood for us, still he could not stop death. Death is still a very real thing. Death is still here. Jesus couldn't end it. He couldn't put an end to physical death. And so what he did, he gave us the next best thing. Spiritual resurrection from the dead. And now I'm talking about the promise of heaven when this life is over. And because of that promise, we are not like others when we think about death, when we encounter death, or when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We're not like those who mourn and grieve like they have no hope. We have hope. We have a joyful expectation of something good. And that something good is the promise of eternal life with the Father forever and ever when this life is over. Now, please see with me, there's a whole lot more to John 11.25 than spiritual resurrection from the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. You see, he's both. And sometimes we have a tendency to lump them all together. Lump them both together. Like salt and pepper. Vinegar and oil. Spaghetti and meatballs. Bacon and eggs. Burgers and dogs. 
fish and chips. You get the point. And please understand me, even though these combos work really good together, they have specific attributes and properties. And Jesus made a very clear distinction. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. The first part of the statement, the resurrection piece, has to do with death. When this life is over. And I think we're all fully aware that unless Jesus comes back, and for some of us really soon, one day we're going to meet our maker. And I hate to say this, uh, but in the end, no one beats death. No one beats death. Some people, they might cheat death for a little while, but nobody beats it. In fact, the last time I looked, the mortality rate is still hanging out at right around 100%. So again, to bring us some hope for the future, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. But then in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus also said, I am the life. I care about what you're going through right now. Yes, heaven is important. And yes, when this reality is over, there's another reality, the eternity with the Father that you can look forward to. But I want you to understand I am with you right here, right now. In fact, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And I am very concerned about what you're going through in your life right now, especially when you face devastating news, when you encounter tragic news. And that's precisely what had happened to Martha and Mary in the first place. They received some really bad news. And the medical report was not only was their brother sick and at the point of death, but there was very little hope. The doctors and the physicians said to Martha and Mary, he's probably not going to make it. And in John eleven four, 4, in response to the tragic news that Jesus heard about his good friend Lazarus, he made a remarkable statement. Here's what he said in John eleven four. 4. We read it just a short time ago. This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. So that God's son may be glorified through it. One more time. This sickness is for God's glory. So that God's son may be glorified through it. In other words, Jesus said, this sickness that Lazarus has will put the glory of God on display. And it will showcase, it will feature Jesus Christ as the son of the living God. I, I got to say that again because that is so good. This sickness, Jesus said, will put the glory of God on display and it will showcase Jesus as the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And can I tell you that this one verse, John eleven four, 4, is the perfect illustration of the ultimate plan and purpose of God, which is to put the spotlight directly on his Son, and in the process, draw all men and draw all women to himself. You see, the scripture tells us that not long after Lazarus was raised from the dead, there were many, many Jews who witnessed that miracle. And there were also some people who heard about it. 
And when they heard what had happened, when they heard the power that was released through Jesus' ministry, they put their trust in him. They actually left uh, the Judaism faith and they put their faith in Jesus Christ. And check it out. On Easter, one greater than Lazarus was raised from the dead. And on Easter Sunday, throughout the generations, because of what happened, many, many people have come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There have been countless souls saved and won for the glory of God. People who have gathered and congregated at the cross of Jesus Christ, right there at the foot of the cross, bowing their knee and declaring the lordship of Jesus. And guess what? God has been glorified. God has been glorified. Now as we begin to bring this message to a close, let me just say the past month or so, our world has been turned upside down with a deadly virus. And not only has COVID-19 claimed the lives of many, many people, a lot of people have been killed, but in the process, there's been worldwide fear, panic, and hysteria. Many people are sick, quarantined, in isolation, confined to hospital beds, all by themselves. Many people have lost their jobs. They're struggling financially don't know how they're going to make ends meet. Schools have been closed. Churches have had to close their doors. Weddings have been postponed. Funerals and memorial services canceled. Dreams have been shattered. And we have become prisoners in our own home, for Pete's sake. There's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering going on in our world right now. And every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we are blasted with bad news, followed by bad news, followed by more bad news. But tell me again, when hit with some really bad news about his good friend Lazarus, how did Jesus respond? What was the first thing that Jesus did? He pointed people to God. He immediately preached salvation and hope. And Jesus basically said, every crisis, get this now, every crisis is an open door. It's an opportunity for the church to showcase God's love and for God's son to be glorified. Every crisis all of the trouble, every catastrophe, whatever we face that is not favorable, it's a tremendous opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to showcase God's love and for the Son of God, Jesus, to be glorified. And just because God is glorified through the storms of life, that doesn't mean that God is the author of the storm, that he created or that he caused the storm. And contrary to what you may hear or what you may think, COVID-19 is not a judgment from God. I know it's not a judgment from God because God is not an angry God. The God we serve is a loving God. He's a caring God. In fact, the scripture says he loved the world so much, the whole world, 
that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross. He died for every sin, for every sickness, for every disease, for every virus. Jesus died on the cross for every virus. Lamentations 3.33 says, God does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. He does not take pleasure in pain or willingly cause affliction. See, the God that we serve, he is not in the business of destroying lives. The God we serve saves us and rescues us. And that's precisely what it says in Psalm 34, 18. God is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those. He delivers those. He rescues those who are in trouble. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. He rescues those who are having a difficult time. And friend, that's the beauty of the Easter story. The greatest story ever told. And when that group of devoted Christian women went to the tomb of Jesus with spices to anoint his dead body, they uncovered the most daring and dramatic rescue in the history of the world. And I'm talking about the empty tomb. The empty tomb proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything Jesus said to Martha and Mary in John chapter 11 is the truth. It's the truth. Remember how he told you? Five words. Remember how he told you? I am the resurrection and the life. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask you to please bow your heads for prayer. In just a few moments, Phil's going to come back and he's going to close out our Easter service with a song. But just before he does, I'd like to pray for you. And I'm not going to drag this out this morning. Some of you who are watching or listening to me right now, you need to know that Jesus is the resurrection. That doesn't mean that he just performs resurrection, that he has the power to do that. No, Jesus made it very clear. He said, I am the resurrection. And if you would be willing to put your trust in Jesus, to believe in him, and open your heart to the gospel message, Jesus wants to write your name in heaven's book and give you the promise of heaven, an everlasting eternity with the Father forever and ever. What you have to do is take a step toward God. You have to be willing to come to the cross of Jesus, humble yourself, repent of your sins, receive his forgiveness, and declare his lordship. Again, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Now, secondly, many of you that are watching, you need to know that Jesus is the life. That's right. He cares about what we're going through right now. He didn't just save our souls. He did that. He didn't just give us the promise of heaven. He wants to be intimately involved in what we go through today. Everything that we face. All of our fears and our problems. God wants us to know that he is with us. That he will never leave us or forsake us. And I know there are some of you who are afraid. 
Some of you might have been in lockdown all by yourself for the last few weeks. Maybe listening to the news. There have been times when you've been stressed out and you don't know how much more you can take. Jesus is the life. Jesus cares about you. Jesus is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And in addition to the promise that God is with you always, the church is with you as well. You have a church family and community that loves you. They've been praying for you. We care about you. You are not alone. And so, Father, we just take these last few moments. We pray for those who need to know that you are the resurrection Lord, I ask for those that you're uh, tapping on the shoulder right now that they would open their hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit and they would take a step towards you, that they would know beyond a shadow of today that you are the risen Christ and your name alone is to be glorified. The name of Jesus is above every name and so draw, Lord, by your Spirit. I pray that for many, this would be their day of visitation. This would be the time that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're right with you because they've humbled themselves and they've accepted the good news of salvation. And Lord, for those who might be struggling today, those who are sick, those who've received bad reports, those who are afraid, alone and in isolation, I pray that the power of the living God would flood the space where they're at right now. That your presence and power would be made available, Lord, to every single person listening to me. Because you're not only the resurrection, you are the life. And I pray, Lord God, that we would understand like we never had before, that you care about us each and every day and you want to give us everything that we need for today. You are a today God. And we once again renew our faith. We renew our commitment to you and we put our trust in our great God. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.